Artcentric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Klee, did you almost forget your I, name? I did almost forget my name. Um, <laughs> I was just talking to the rogues about the Rafi bot, so I almost said Rafi bot. Hola, amazing artist. It's Rafi bot. And Chronicle bot. No, it's not Chronicle bot. <laughs> <laughs> Rafi and Klee. So welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to never give up. (laughs) And never surrender. And never surrender. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to basically go over um, just some of the things that we've gone through and not only in our career, but honestly, uh, within the last year, um, when you're doing this artist thing and putting yourself out there. Uh, the majority of the time you're going to run into roadblocks. I mean, that's just how it is. There's no, (laughs) there's no unicorn farts and rainbows, um, in saying that, uh, you're not going to run into roadblocks, roadblocks, slumps, ruts. Yeah. All kinds of things, especially when it comes to art, because art is emotional. Like, you know, we, we create stuff. We pour something more than just the material process. We're not going through a production line and just doing something. And even if we are creating more than just one item that is, you know, one one thing, um, it's still us. It's still us putting ourselves out there. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's attached to all of that. Definitely, <laughs> like a lot of stuff, a lot of emotional stuff. And it's funny because a lot of times we talk about these kind of things in our videos mm-hmm. and some people don't want to hear it. Uh, I'm I'm very surprised that in this day and age, there are still people out there that's like, feelings? You can't, you can't talk about feelings? No talk feelings, only talk. Yeah. <laughs> the, the meat and potatoes. Only are... meat and potatoes. And I'm like, mmm, meat and potatoes make me feel good in the winter. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's so much, there's so much attached to the things that motivate you to keep going, right? Especially when you're doing something where in the beginning you're not seeing the payoff right away, Right. And I think that that's the problem. You know, everybody's got this like hustle, hustle mentality and stuff like that because they want immediate payoff. But a lot of a lot of that, I would say that most of that is just not um, not something that is sustainable. It's just not sustainable. You can't go out and be like, I give 110 percent every to 200 percent every single day and I get up and this is my, you know, and it's like. You, that's not sustainable. That's that's not living life. And, and there are things there where like, you know, your emotions are going to pull you one way or the other. And life itself is going to pull you one way or another. And a lot of times when those things compound, it's easy to just want to give up, you know, like, let's give, let me, let me, I, this is too much. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about that because I think, I think this will, this podcast is going to be like one of the most important podcasts, one of the most important subjects to talk about when it comes to um, doing your art career, creating an art career and sustaining an art career. Um, Honestly, sustaining anything. Yeah. Yeah. I would even argue that we don't actually want instant gratification as much as we think we do. Yeah. We we actually like the process, even if in the moment we're like, I don't like the process. (laughs) So um, for anybody that's listening at home, we have our amazing rogues here with us. Uh, so if you hear us reading comments, that is them. 
giving us their brilliant insight, asking questions, and just um, adding to this podcast, which always makes the podcast even more powerful than if it was just Clee and I talking. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Yoshana. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. I'm glad you guys are here. Yoshana said, whoop, found my way in. I feel old. Yes, we all feel old. You found your way in, though. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, when it comes to, like, new stuff, and I could tell you right now, um, you know, and getting the podcast started on this subject, it's a a good example. Working on the Rogue Artist Community site, um, I could tell you right now that every single day, I ran into multiple struggles and it would have been so much easier to just not do it. Right. And there were many days where I was just like, I quit, I quit. (laughs) And I could tell you it was the same thing with writing the book. It's been the same thing when I'm working on certain projects, especially if I'm doing something new that I don't, you know, that I'm not familiar with. Right. The logistical and technological challenges that make us feel like, Clover said, even when you're making sales and growing steadily, it's hard not to give up. Sometimes it's a fight. You have to just keep going. And there is no point that you get that you're like, I'm successful. No, not at all. There's no more hurdles to jump. That's so good, Clover, because that's really how it is. You know, like a lot of people will look at Clee and I, um, where we're at in our career and say like, oh, yeah, you guys are successful. The truth of the matter is that we don't feel successful. We're just kind of, you know, doing what we got to do day to day to um, just keep up with what we do. Um, And I think that really that's the secret to it. There's never a place that you get to where you've reached the end all be all. And I think because of that, um, honestly, I think because of that, when people give up, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're walking away from your art career, right? Especially if you've been doing it for a while, but it might just mean that you're not willing to grow, right? There, mm-hmm. there might be this thing that you want to do and you're trying it and it's different than what you've been doing, right? And you've been running an art career and it's been um, doing okay, but there are these other things that you want to do. And it's easy to just say, you know what? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I'm just, you know, the, I, I, I don't understand that. I'm not going to do that. And then you just kind of coast on the things that you do know. Which leads to stagnation usually. Clover said, I think that's what I love about art. And I agree. Yes. And if you find that place, it can be really, uh, it's a really good place to, to be as far as striving for more. Because I think one of the things that underpins this is like this idea, especially early on, that you're going to get to a place where everything is just easy, like all of a sudden, like, and and when you never reach that place where everything is easy, because you are someone who's always striving for more, that in of itself can be discouraging, right? That's a mind, that's the mindset that's like, I'm going to do this now so that in the future, everything is smooth sailing. Oh, and you guys, this, this is our, our society is kind of built around this idea that you do all these things that you hate so that you can then relax, so that you could retire, so that you could do whatever. And it's kind of set up that way in all fields, whether it's a, you get a career or you're working a job or, you know, um, social security is a form of retirement. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying like, you know what, I look forward to my later years to be able to just kind of 
you know, have this extra income coming in because I retired. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But to say, I'm going to put a pause on everything that I want to do until I get to that point, I think, I think that's just been the way that, that things have been. Or uh, conversely, I'm going to set myself up in a way that's overwhelming now indefinitely so that later on it won't be. And the, the hard truth of that is like, whatever your process is now, like it's going to be your process <laughs> in the future. You're just going to, because we're going to constantly want to grow and expand. It's, it's like Clover is saying, like as artists, we do want to push those boundaries. Mm -hmm. We do want to keep growing and evolving. And I think it's so important for our emotional career uh, and our, just our emotional being to reach for new things that you've never done before. I mean, that's one of the issues with work. I could tell you every job that I had had in corporate, I loved my job. It was the reason that I went with it. I mean, every job that I've had pretty much revolves around something that I really very much enjoy. I worked for the theater business in corporate alliances because I love movies. I love everything, every aspect about movies, writing movies, storyline, all that stuff. Um, I worked at Starbucks because I love coffee. You know, like I grew up drinking coffee in my bottle, which it's probably not a good idea, but I drank up, you know, so like every job I had, it was cool because you get in there, you do the learning thing, you learn something new, you learn a new skill. And then what happens is you then kind of just become that cog. That's mm -hmm. it. That's your work. And the only thing you can look forward to is jumping through all the hoops that will get you some kind of promotion where now you're taking on another responsibility, but you're not getting any kind of extra pay for it, especially in recent times. And it's interesting because we're willing to do that for the jobs that we're working for. But then when it comes to our art career, it's almost like we imagined that it just, it's going to stay that once I get there, I get there. And it's like, no, it's, this is ongoing until the day that you die. This is ongoing. I remember saying to a fellow artist during a, a Zoom call, like, what is the, what do you think the imaginary threshold is? And, and what, what do you think it would feel like when you cross it? Do you think you'll ever know that you crossed it? Right? Because I don't think you ever really know when you cross a threshold until hindsight. But the thing is that there's no singular threshold in a career like yeah. this or in life at all. There's multiple thresholds that we cross, and by the time we cross them, we're already we already have we're, our eyes set. Yeah, on the you're next. already looking at the next thing. It's like Clover said, it's been so weird since I sold out at the last show, and all my friends are like, "Oh wow, you're successful. You can do whatever you want now." And I'm like, "No, I used all that money back in my business." <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, that's that's pretty much the way that it works. Like Clee and I, when we started our career and I've said this story a bunch of times, like we would do anywhere between two to three shows, sometimes four shows a weekend. And, you know, we'd make some money here, some money there, maybe not make any money at this one, but every week, at least we knew that there was some kind of income. The majority, I would say that 90% of that money went right back into the business. And the, and that's still how it works. Like our income comes in, we pay our bills and then everything else goes right back into what we do for a living. So we can continue to grow. Exactly. So I thought it might be fun if I just toss out there some of the reasons that you might want to give up 
and then we can just riff on how to kind of like tackle that. And Rogue Family, please feel free to toss in the chat box some of the reasons that yeah. you might feel compelled to want to give up. One of uh, the first one that comes to mind. I, I wanted to read uh, Ginny's thing. She said, I've said it before. She knows not where she's going. I like that. Yeah, I like that, too. I like that, too. And I want to say hi to Gwendolyn and J.G. Fellers is here. Kathleen. Hi, you guys. Hi, everybody. I know Kelly's listening from work, and so is Tish. Mm -hmm. um, thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah, you know, work. Tempest says, I still can't understand how you handled that schedule. I find preparing for a show so stressful. We got really good at it because we um, did it so often that the priority for me was to minimize the amount of work that it took to get ready for a show. And so it, that's going to be fun because on the Rogue Artist community site for one of the lessons uh, for next month, that's what we're going to put out there. Everything show prep. Everything show prep. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Um, Clover says taxes. Taxes. Okay, so one of the, yeah, one of the barriers, if you will, is feeling like I don't know, I don't even know how to approach this thing, right? Yeah. Like the no roadmap barrier. I want to do this thing. I have no idea how. And at first glance, it looks really overwhelming and confusing. Be it administrative stuff like dealing with taxes um, or a tech barrier, like needing to learn a program. Like I know a lot of you want to put out video or podcast content, but the editing software is like something that seems overwhelming and daunting at first glance. So I feel like that's, that's one of the biggest, like I give up things is yeah. like, I don't know how to start cause I don't understand the process. Right. And, and especially with things like taxes, because there's all this other stuff associated to taxes that like you're going to get in trouble if you get it wrong. You're going to you know, there's all this. This basically like myth out there of stuff. And, yeah, you get in trouble if you are, you know, being tricky about it, but <laughs> being purposefully like, <laughs> yeah. But like in reality, when we, you know, and clique ride. A lot of you know that have followed us for a while that I literally have cried on tax forms because yeah. I was confused and overwhelmed. She was confused and overwhelmed, but it was like, you know, for sales tax, talking to the local offices, they were very nice. We reached out to the IRS um, place in our town um, and talked to them, and they were very nice. And especially when you're doing taxes for the first time, they will offer to help you with your taxes for free as long as you're underneath a certain threshold of sales. And, you know, and then there are other artists that are doing taxes. I know Clee and I have released videos and stuff like that on taxes. The problem is that when you're looking at stuff that you don't understand. Um, it looks you, like this big jumble. Yeah. And it's easy to feel dumb, mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and that's the irony of it is like, you're not dumb. You just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know yet. And so like you're going through this process and you run into this hurdle and you run into this hurdle and you don't know and you don't know and it just becomes overwhelming and you're like, I don't I don't want to deal with this. You know, but it's what I recommend with stuff like that is the way that we deal with everything else is you just you know, one one step at a time. Little bits at a time. You don't time. have to know everything. I remember the first time that we launched our Discord server and the first time that I opened <laughs> up Discord and looked at it and I was like, what the boop? I have no flipping idea 
what any of this is. I still don't have any idea how to use our Discord server. But it's like little by little you learn, oh, this does this, or oh, this is where this is, or oh. It's like we we do learn in little chunks of information. There's still plenty of stuff that I don't know about tax regulations and things, but I know enough I know what I need to know but that's, at this point. And that's how you learn. When you run into that particular thing, that's when you do the research on it and whatever. You don't need to know every single aspect of everything. You just got to know what's relevant to you in that moment. And also YouTube University is really excellent yeah. for step-by-step -step stuff. Um, like music programs or video editing software that I mentioned before, that can be a really like daunting barrier to entry for people who want to create music or content working with watercolor working with watercolor it can seem like when you look at something for the first time it's almost like your eyes automatically just want to glaze over and you find yourself like scanning all this data that's like a foreign language to you essentially so it really is like you have to pick one thing and figure out that one thing well, and then another thing that's the issue unfortunately that's not how we learn we don't learn from data you know, and yeah. unfortunately, a lot of us think that that's how we learn because a lot of a lot of curriculums are run that way. But scientifically, they've even proven that, like, the way that our educational system works in a lot of ways, it just doesn't work. You know, it, it does you no benefit to read something in a dry textbook and then take a quiz afterwards. You're not going to retain any of that information. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of the information out there on taxes or on techniques or certain things is very, very dry. The way that we learn is making an emotional connection to it. Usually by doing. By doing. Right. You do it because you're feeling all the feelings. You're like, what the? And then when you figure it out, <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, this is great. I did it. Um, but also, like, if you find a video from somebody that you really enjoy listening to and they're telling it to you in a way that really relates to you, there's a big difference between that and watching or reading uh, content that is just boring. You know, yeah. just the data. Right. You're going to want to look at data when you're in the, in the midst of emotionally figuring it out, right? It, especially if you can't find it. But if you're able to find information that adds a little bit more feeling to it, then you're going to retain it. It's going to be easier and you could see it as a more of a fun challenge. than Most definitely, which is the perfect segue to something that I just want to side tangent on for a second. Another I give up thing that I hear a lot is people who want to teach or share knowledge or share a skill set. And one of the common things I hear is, well, there's already thousands of people out there teaching the thing that I want to teach, so why should I even oh. bother? And this is the perfect time to say, you and your methods of teaching and your personality are going to resonate with your people, just like someone else's way of teaching the same thing and their yeah. personality and their approach is going to resonate with other people. It doesn't matter if there's 10,000 people out there teaching a subject. You're going to lock on to somebody whose teaching style you enjoy, and so is everybody else. So don't let the fact that other people are doing this thing too stop you from doing the thing. Yeah, that's that that goes hand in hand with starting an art career. There there are people that have told me, "Well, there's there's a lot of art, you know, which is ironic because there are people out there that are like, there's not enough artists in the world. And then there are people that are like, there's too, there's much too art. many artists in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's like, and my thing is like, if you're using anything, 
anything that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, right? Oh, well, there's too many, which essentially what it means is like what you have to say, teach, create, whatever it is, it's just not good enough because there's already too many people out there and I'm just lost in this sea of monotony. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You are unique. You are someone who has your own voice, your own way of doing things like you cannot compare what you do with anybody else. Now, if you're trying to follow uh, a curriculum or a way of doing things where it's that's exactly how everyone else do, does it, then maybe. But if you're doing it your way and adding your flair and your personality into it, then you there's nothing you have to do to set yourself apart because you are already set apart. Yeah, exactly. The key is to to let your personality come through if you're if you're going to put stuff out there whether it's educational or entertainment or anything in between. Yeah. The the power of being you. People are going to lock onto that. There's thousands of people on YouTube teaching music production stuff, but there's only two or three people whose style I've locked into yeah. because they speak my language that I understand and enjoy. And that's how it works. And you always know from watching the comments that there are, you know, people that they you guys relate to our videos. That's that's awesome. The videos that we put out on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But there are people out there that are like, get to the point. You know, they don't relate to the videos. So other creators out there that talk about art, being an artist and stuff like that, then that's who they're going to relate to. And really, you got to be okay with that. You just got to put out the whatever it is, you know, and it's so funny because it ties into art. Anything that you create and you decide to put out there, whether it's music, art, uh, teaching uh, anything, you just got to do it your way and find your way of doing it. I love that Jenny says the journey is the story. He knows not where he's going for the oceans will decide. It's not the destination, but the glory of the ride. That's very that beautiful. That is said. beautiful. And that's what it is. It's the, really at the end of the day, like when I think about it, it's one of the reasons that I put out there, like we're on our creative journey because it's got all the twists and turns and, you know, it's not just this thing where X marks the spot. It's right. not like that. And you're not heading in one direction. You, you, you're going to traverse the entire um, area to explore and see what is there. Jenny says, there. like, there are a hundred cereal choices or 4,000 coffees in the supermarket aisles, yet everyone has their favorites. Exactly. 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 Like exactly. Um, Kathleen says overwhelm. overwhelm, overwhelm. I'm not giving up, but darn, it all adds up. Overwhelm's a big one. Overwhelm is a big one. And honestly, Kathleen, overwhelm could lead to burnout, which is not good. For sure. Um, and analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. <laughs> overwhelm. I, I like, I like what Tish says here. How do you eat a 20 inch pizza? One bite at a time. I deal with it too, but one bite at a time has become my mantra. Mm -hmm. I love that because really when you're, you know, at the end of the year, last year, there were a lot of very, very big projects that I was working on. And I was trying to cram everything in to do, you know, like we were, we were working on some music and we were going to be producing stuff. I had two books that I needed to finish. I had two, those same books were going to become audiobooks. I had a community rogue website that I wanted to build. We were putting together a big art exhibition. 
Um, not only that, but we bought a house and we were trying to do repairs and like get moved in and get our studio up and running. So like all of those things we were trying to cram into, I should say I was trying to cram into, I was trying to cram into, um, just getting it done. Right. And figuring out how do I get all of these things done without breaking it apart and realizing like, no, 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 there, this has to happen in a way that doesn't overwhelm you because when you do get overwhelmed you spend a lot of time not doing things just idle just just feeling overwhelmed and that's like that's like even if you know what the things are and there's just too much on your plate and a lot of creatives are like i don't even know like there's so much floating around in the idea jar that even finding a starting point can be difficult or finding a next like what's the next thing and kind the, of thing. This is why doing a brain dump is so important. Mm -hmm. Like just write everything down and then after you, and just allow yourself to write everything, right? Not just the things that are important or the things that I think that whatever, or the thing that, that I think I can do everything, all of it down, just dump it all down. We did that this year. We put it on note cards, everything and laid it all out. And it was like the entire floor in our living room was covered in note cards and then we went and looked at each one individually and decided, yay, nay, or may, or may, be. maybe someday, <laughs> yeah, yay, nice. may, or maybe someday. Oh, that's good. That is I'm, good. <laughs> but like in, and it's important to give yourself realistic expectations when you are doing something. I know myself. I know that I love cramming things and, and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you would rather at the end of the day have more time left over than not enough time. So when you're looking at what it is that you're working on for that day, and you think like, this is gonna take me maybe an hour, this maybe will take me two hours, then I want you to double or triple that time just to give yourself more time. Um, you know, you could still reach for that first deadline, but like, just give yourself more time and give yourself permission to take that time because being overwhelmed is a mental thing. Definitely. It happens in your head, right? Because you could take a look at a bunch of things and you could and say like, all right, I've got a bunch of things, whatever. It'll happen when it happens. You're not going to feel overwhelmed. If you are like, this needs to happen. And usually it's attached to something, right? So action, reaction. This needs to happen because if this doesn't happen, then this is going to get messed up or this won't happen. Right. Like you, you attach something to the thing that is more, that is bigger than just getting the thing done. Right. So it's like, I need to do this series of paintings because, um, this series of paintings is the thing that's going to get my name out there. Right. There's too much pressure there. It's like, no, you're, you're just working on a series of paintings or you're just working on that, or you just want to learn this, or you want to learn that. And so it's like making it smaller than you know what you think it's going to be because when you make it a big thing we tend to catastrophize and i think getting it getting it into a visual format where you can look at it i think for so many of us is helpful i think so many of us operate visual like if there's a bunch of things rattling around in your brain jar um and and they just keep circulating like a like a horrible vortex of confusion 
<laughs> um, getting them down on paper or note cards or a spreadsheet or whatever so you can use some uh, different tactics to narrow it down to what's really important. Well, that way you could actually see it. Right. Because if not, it's just all these ideas floating out into ether. J.G. Feller said, as a disabled artist, I only do three or four shows a year, so I don't overdo it and I don't wear out the welcome with my help the family. <laughs> I buy them dinner as thanks every time, but it's frustrating and overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is like also being honest with yourself as far as like, this is the pace that I'm working at. Right. It yep. doesn't really matter what anyone else is saying needs to be the pace for any given thing. We, we had to do that with ourselves because originally like we were attributing our success to the fact that we had done so many, that we were doing so many shows every week. And what ends up happening is that it becomes a habit that you're no longer happy about, right? right? It's like, this is, this is too much, right? But then you associate it to your success. Well, the only reason that we're making an income is because we are doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then you're afraid to reevaluate X, Y, and Z because you've associated it to your success. Mm -hmm. And it was something that we had to really, really stop and look at. And actually, you know, in recent years, Klee stopped and looked at because she was still attached to like doing the market, right? Because that was X, Y, and Z. This is what's associated to my success. And I knew it wasn't sustainable, but I hadn't put an exit strategy together for myself. Now, Rafi's exit strategy is often just to stop and pivot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't... I mean, I, I, the, the thing is that when it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, I think because of the association that I have with being in corporate and knowing that, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do this thing slowly, um, it just doesn't work for me, right? Because right. I end up falling back into old habits. So I know myself. And, that, and I think that that's the thing. Like, that's not going to work for everyone. But that's something that I know works for me, whether it's only because I believe that that works for me and the other thing doesn't doesn't matter. What I know is like I, I need to if if I'm done, then I'm done. And for me, it's uh, admitting that there's a difference between an exit strategy and prolonging the inevitable by hemming and hawing for years and years about it. <laughs> and sometimes when you hem and haw for years and years, life just forces you to make a decision. Yeah. In and my usually case, it's not in a good... <laughs> in my case, the pandemic forced me to quit doing uh, ridiculous amounts of markets yeah. and such. Um, and sometimes, you know deciding what your first step of your exit strategy is and then pursuing like actually pursuing that is is the way to go Joshana said it's nice to know younger generations find discord confusing yes it seems overwhelming at first glance but it's like once you once you familiarize with something then things start to make sense and then it doesn't feel like this big and that's and that's Dang. that's pretty much how it works, you know, because I think about when we got started, what what I thought was a requirement to, of things to do in order to be successful as an artist, um, were completely off. I didn't have any experience. So like the whole thing was just completely confusing to me. And as we went through figuring out like, oh, wait a second, there is no thing that you could do. You could only figure it out your way the way that you're going to use it, the things that are important to you mm -hmm. and how, how it is that you're going to proceed um, 
and how it is that you're going to tackle the roadblocks that do come up. And I, you know, whether it's learning Discord, you know, you don't have to learn all of Discord. How do I want to use it? You know, what 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 right. things are important to me? What features are important to me right now? What features don't really matter? Maybe those features will matter down the road, but by that you, time, you go worry about it then. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen said it's a good problem to have, but a bunch of doors opened at once. So I'm working to figure it out and I'm going by maybe means no. I can relate. We can both relate. Um, when when we moved here last year to our new community, um, a bunch of things were happening for us in Internet land uh, and a bunch of things were happening locally, a bunch of opportunities. And we tried to do more than we should have last year because we wanted to be active participants in our new community. That's the thing, too. You have to take a close look at your motivations. That's why motivations for me behind what it is that you're doing is so important, right? One motivation that sneaks up underneath is like, I need to make more money. And so you start doing things simply because you think that it's going to make you more money. Um, But if that's the only thing motivating you, and it's not something else that's not good enough when it doesn't make more money. Or if it's, I probably should do this because it's the right thing to do yeah. as a new member of this community. Yeah, I, I should be part of this. I should whatever. I should blah, 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 blah. Whenever you put the word should in front of something, I suggest you really, really reevaluate and take a look and see because your motivations might be tied into some kind of insecurity. Yeah, so the question like, do I really want to do this is I think a really valuable one. And it might be like, yes, but not this year, right? And so then you can say like, I'm super interested. I just can't, I don't have an opening for it this year. Or, you know, I don't really think that's a fit with me. Um, So I'm going to leave the door open for someone else. Yeah. uh, That fits that better. Or yes, I really want to do this. I'm on board and I'm going to, make it work it's kind of like what uh g fellers is saying there because it's like i only do a certain amount of shows every year right that's the right way for you to do it now if you're buying into the thing of like well you gotta in order to be successful you gotta do this and whatever and then you had that little stick man in your brain telling you that even though you're doing that number of shows which is more than enough that immediately, you know, your brain is like, you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the biggest thing, too. That's another indicator that, like, you're being pushed by something that is coming from an insecurity if you do things. Like, you know, we did some things for the society, uh, for the society, for the society of autists. <laughs> we did some things for the community, but it, underneath it was like, you need to do more. You're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. You're not doing enough. People are going to be really enough. disappointed. Yeah, people are going to be disappointed. That has nothing to do with reality. And if it does have something to do with reality, you know, the the real, the true side of me is like, well, if you're going to be disappointed, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. I don't have time for you then. And that's, there's, there's that side that wants to cater to the way that things are or the way that people think things are and you want to you know you want people to like you and then there's that side of like i need to do what i need to do mm-hmm. um this is what matters so like that's the thing a lot of doors were open but i i would say like you know you reevaluate i love trying things but at the same time if i'm already overwhelmed you know i might have to stand back and be very 
uh, specific about what it is that I decide to do. And you're right, Kathleen. It is a nice problem to be facing, but nonetheless, it is still a thing that needs yeah. to be faced and dealt with. Tish says, and I love this, multiple forms of revenue streams is the key and time management is the lock. Sadly, I struggle with the lock. (laughs) Tish, this is great. Yes. I have found myself saying on multiple occasions, Rafi, we do way too many things to have this pathetic balance in our bank account. (laughs) With the amount of stuff we do, why are we not balling out of control? Like we, or I've said, we do, we do way too much to be this poor. Right. And And it's it's an ecosystem. Finances are an ecosystem. And sometimes I feel like, yeah, money. And sometimes it's like, oh, no money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And striking that balance, knowing that it kind of is an ebb and flow, but you hopefully have your like averages somewhere. You're working to get your averages somewhere where it's sustainable for you. And it's such the long game it is, it, that it, it can feel like such the slog. It is. And it really <laughs> is the long game. And, it, you know, the, the problem is the comparison perception, right? So we can easily we could easily go on uh, YouTube and be like, yeah, guys, we're balling out of control. Like, you know, we make about $10,000 a month. Do you want to learn my secret and how we blah, 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 and show these beautiful our house is gorgeous so like we could show these beautiful shots of our house and like us driving our our fancy car or taking a picture in front of a fancy car or laughing while throwing money into yeah the laughing air. throwing money in the air and showing how absolutely successful we are somebody that doesn't know us would think like wow you know what they're making you know $10,000 a week on their art and like I want to learn what their secret is and there's a lot of that you know, for lack of a better word, shit going on out there. (laughs) Um, And so like, it's easy to like, take a look at the, (laughs) your, your small revenue streams, you know, that sometimes, you know, the, do the ebb and flow thing where sometimes like, wow, we had a really good, you know, week or month. And you know, this, this month is kind of what it is and think that you're not succeeding. And that's just not the, not the case. There's another piece of this too, uh, because well, we're not we're not raking in 10 G a month, but um, we are making more money off of each individual stream of revenue than we were in previous years. Oh yeah. Right? But also, that would be great if we were just resting on our laurels and not trying to do more. But with the increase in revenue, Rafi and I are constantly trying to reinvest more and do more, right? In our personal lives and our business lives. So we're making more money, but we're also spending way more money right now trying to put things in place for the for the future of our business and our community and our lives. And that's ongoing because that's how it's always been. You know, when yeah. we were... When we started at the flea market, um, if we made any money that was over what we needed to make in order to pay our bills, that got that went right back into what mm-hmm. we do. So, like, the more money you make, the more you invest in what it is that you do. And I would say that the problem is with that is the perception that is online is that a lot of people will invest that money back into looking glamorous, right? right. Looking, looking successful. Right. And, 
in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm I'm going to purchase some piece of equipment that's going to look gaudy in my studio because it's going to make my life a lot easier moving forward. And like, those are the ways that you make your life easier is like, instead of having a process that takes 15 steps to get to, you start reducing the process more and more, the more equipment you're able to buy. That's what Clover is talking about. Clover says, luckily lately, all my shoulds are all to lessen my hard manual labor part of my art. Well, and I've faced that opportunity head on since rapidly needing to expand my art business since the beginning of the year in less than two months i have quadrupled my inventory and a quarter of the labor that's awesome that is awesome and that takes time and money investment yeah right uh needed to go into it it's been a very stressful time but you still got to take time to take a break or your body will make you take yes Yes, mm -hmm. yes, you definitely you definitely have to take a break. And so that's looking at both fronts, right? Like the, the time commitment, knowing you're doing something to grow your business and the financial commitment. As your revenue streams grow, if you don't want to plateau, you have to keep investing in things you definitely have to that keep, will grow. You got to keep investing and you have to keep, um, you got to keep expanding, right? So like, they, something that I followed very early on was some statistical data that I saw from YouTube. And it was talking about like social media platforms and like other businesses that do really, really well. Right. So obviously at the time they were talking about MySpace. MySpace was immensely popular. And then next thing you know, almost overnight, it just dropped off. And the reason was because they created this and they never updated or expanded. They just kind of found something that worked and then they just stuck with it and just kept doing it. And what happens is that uh, people like to see growth, right? Especially for us as artists, they like to see growth. If they're investing in your art and they're investing in you and what you do, they, what they're investing in is in your journey, right? Mm -hmm. They, they're fascinated by your journey. What is he doing now? What are they? I, I love that with our, our collectors, like that's their biggest, like, what are you guys up to now? You know, like they want to know because for the most part, a lot of people have a job, they go to their job and then they go home and you look at week to week and it's, you know, the same crap every week. You ask, well, like, what's going on? Uh, same shit as last week with artists. Like we have the opportunity to keep growing or you just keep doing the same crap from last week and then it becomes this overwhelming bag of monotony. Yeah. So that segues me into my next reason that you might want to throw your hands in the air and scream, I give up, which is it's become monotonous and you can't stand another day of it. Yeah. At which point it's time for you to level up, right? It's time for you to pursue something that scares you and excites you. And man, I've been there, right? Because it's kind of nice to be semi-comfortable in an unpredictable career and you can kind of ignore the monotony of it for a while because financially you're comfortable, but ultimately it's a trap. It's a trap. Yep. <laughs> it's a trap. So if you're slogging through the monotony and you want to not continue because you're bored to tears with what you're doing, then it's time to level up. And, and that, do something. And that's the thing. A lot of that is the mindset. It's easy to fall into a trap of thinking this is, like I said before, this is the thing that works. So I need to keep doing this exactly the way that I've been doing it. And I cannot vary from this strategy because this is what works. And at the end of the day, that's the thing that ties you up. 
You know, we we talk to artists all the time about wanting to get out of the slog that they're in. And it's easy to find, you know, something that um, that works for you. And then you just stick to that and you make that the primary product, per se, of your business. And then that's all you focus on. And what ends up happening is if it's something that you even remotely are like, I'm only doing this for the money. Um, I've got no other vested point of view on this thing. That's the thing that you become popular for. And that's the thing that the demand grows for. So essentially you get stuck doing something that you didn't necessarily want to do in the first place. Now, even if it's something that you love, it's easy to turn it into work, into a boring slog. If that's all you're focused on and you're not willing to change it up because you're afraid that you're going to lose customers or collectors. Same thing happens on YouTube. You have people that go out, they have a shtick and they're like, blah, 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 blah. And they do things a certain way. And then they're afraid to vary from that because they're afraid that their audience isn't going to like it and they're going to lose uh, subscribers. Mm -hmm. And like, then you end up doing things only because that's what worked, not necessarily that that's what you want to do. We all need to grow and evolve. And, you know, take that risk if you believe, if you believe in what you're about to do. We've seen some big YouTubers, and there's one in particular that comes to mind, <laughs> that basically came out and said, like, I built this channel on this. It has millions of sus subscribers. I thank you guys, but I'm changing direction, and I know that means losing some of you, but I have to. Yeah. It's what I need to do. And it's in basically saying, like, I understand the risk I'm taking, but I believe in it. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing when it comes to what you create. There could be a series or something that you create that's vastly popular and you're done with it. There could, you know, uh, Cleese had a series of jewelry that she, you know. I tried to get out from under it for years. Yep. <laughs> um, Clover said, I absolutely spent more money on those less labored revenue streams than I ever thought I would. 500 on art cards, 400 on a printer, paper and ink, but it's all been worth it. Yeah. Most definitely. Sometimes when you need to take your time back, it does mean throwing money at it. You got to remember, <laughs> remember when it comes down to it, money is despite what people believe money is not finite time is finite right people are printing the governments and stuff are printing money all the time there's no end to the stream of of money but time time is something that's going to run out and so like when i look at projects that's what i keep in mind it's like is it worth me investing my money in this if i am saving time mm -hmm. because time is what's most valuable Jenny said, that's life. Take it all in and enjoy it slowly. Even the not so good parts, those make the good times. Sweet. Oh, absolutely. Why? Je Jenny also said, it's a trap. Save yourself. Pushes the stick man under the bus. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Tish said, the thing I always remember is that we have four types of people in our life. Coaches, cheerleaders, students, and bullies. No one is all those things for you, even yourself. Be your biggest cheerleader. I love it, Tish. I love it too. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think, I think for the most part, when it comes to a lot of the stuff that could cause us to give up what we what we want, what we want to do, or what we want to live, or what we want to be, is the fact that a lot of times we are our biggest critic. 
and, and we bully ourselves and we have we develop this relationship with ourselves when we're growing up that it's like, well, don't do it. You're so stupid. Why are you you know, and this is this is occurring in your own head all the time. And it's like having somebody there with you that's constantly berating you or telling you that you're not good enough or telling you that you can't do this or you're never going to figure this out. Um, you know, look at how long you've been trying to do this thing. It, it's it's you know, you're 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 not good enough. And understanding that, like, that relationship, even though it's been normalized, that's not normal, right? If you look in the mirror and you look at yourself and you say, I am awesome, you know, or you point at yourself and smile, you are <laughs> awesome, and that feels immensely uncomfortable to you, then you know that you need to do that more, right? You need to rewrite the habit because that's all it is the stick man is just a habit that we repeat over and over and over and over and over so we're basically the ones programming that habit into us and if it feels uncomfortable to be nice to yourself or to be your cheerleader then all that means is that you just got to do it more you just got to do it more often more often more often more often and it's kind of like eating that pizza one bite at a time or the guy that ate an airplane or the guy that ate an airplane one <laughs> which bite i don't recommend time. i don't I actually, yeah i don't recommend you eat an airplane but if you're going to it's you know. it's just one bite at a time <laughs> uh rachel said that is a cool thing to think about tish and welcome yep. shroy hey shroy um so the last thing that i want to touch on before we wrap up oh first i'm going to read clover's comment uh, talking with other artists at these events has been my biggest inspiration. I learned so much. They taught me so much and gave me resources I never had before. Sometimes we don't have to do it alone. No, either. no, Clover. And that's that's one of the most powerful things that I wanted to portray in our videos was the fact that like with all the shows that we've done, we have rarely, rarely run into another creative that's doing it, that's out there putting themselves out there that is um, selfish with the information that's out there. Right. Most most highly motivated creatives are also very willing to share um, open book policy, knowledge sharing, resources sharing. And most of us have done what we have done not alone, right? If any endeavor that I can think of that was successful, that we enjoyed doing, we didn't do it alone. No. And sure, if it's your thing and you're the you're the leader of your thing, right? You're going to take on most of the responsibility. Well, I mean, that's, that's, steer the ship, that's but... the point. Because I've been approached by a lot of people that are like, I want to do this thing. And I need you to do this and this and this and this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll. Yeah. Right? So like you are the one that's in charge you're going to you're going to do the thing but the information and the help comes from other places mm -hmm. the thing about it is if you are expecting it right well you're an artist you should help me it's like dude yeah calm down yeah like, let's talk about this for a minute i know uh, i know some creatives really none in our community no. uh, cuz you are all highly motivated but i've known some creatives that they're they're they'll even say like i'm the idea guy right so it's like uh they have this thing that they want to pursue but it's almost like they're waiting on people to come out of the woodwork to make it happen yeah. for them. And it's, so it is the balance of understanding that if, if you have a thing that you want to do um, and you want to move forward with it, you are at the helm. Like, understand that you are steering the ship. 
And once it gets going, there's a pretty solid chance that people are going to see that and people are going to come out of the woodwork who want to help you. But if you haven't left port and you're mad at other people for not helping it leave port, like that's kind of on you. And it's striking that balance because I do know some creatives who could do amazing things, but they're too busy being angry that they don't have a team of people at their disposal to make it happen. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like you gotta, you gotta move forward. And that's always been my policy. It's like, I'm going to do this thing, whether or not I have people helping me or not. You have to embark. So like I embark and I'm doing it, I'm figuring it out. And that's where the people come out of the woodwork, you know, mm-hmm. and you ask the right questions and you have these conversations mm-hmm. and they see that you're doing something. They're like, you know, a better way to do that is like this or whatever. And you're more open to the information. I can tell you right now with all the shows that we've done, we've been approached by a lot of I've I've had conversations with so many artists at shows. And you could always tell when somebody is really really ready and invested in moving forward and you could tell where somebody's kind of on the fence and they want you to reassure them to do it but then the expectation on you is greater than it should be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean there's always this tell of it and it's like you know i will tell people all the time like just go for it like you've got everything you need just go for it and some people just need more they need more. I need you to hold my hand through this entire process. And it's like, you cannot put that responsibility on someone else. You need to be willing to just push through yourself. And eventually somebody will come out and help you when you need help. Yeah, but you have to take the first step. Yeah. Even so, if it's a little step. And I think that's Clover. Uh, uh, that's brilliant, Clover. Yeah. Um, because it's it's so true. It's But, but that's the process of putting yourself out there. It's the hero's journey where, you know, the, the um, magical being shows up and gives you guidance, you know, it's, it's, but you're already on the journey, but you're already on the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to look at both sides of that. And like I said, most of like our community is very highly motivated and doesn't fall into that other um, place, if you will, but it is out there. And some of us have pull, right, are being pulled or guilt tripped um, in those ways, like almost pulled away from what we're doing to try to like help somebody with their thing. And maybe that's not always healthy if that other somebody hasn't quite figured out what their thing is. There are people that that have that expectation and that demand, you know, like we we took somebody under our wing that wanted to run um, their own business at markets and stuff like that. And she had issues with, um, you know, she wanted to learn more about taxes. So Clee took her under her wing. And instead of like really doing it herself every time tax, you know, doing the forms for like, I don't know how many years, she would expect Clee to remind her when it needed to happen. She would expect Clee to help her to fill out the paperwork. She would expect all these things. And of course, in the background, I'm fuming because I'm like, that's her business. Like, yeah. you've got other things to do. Unfortunately, there was really no growth there. So what started off as, like, okay, like, evolved into le- less and less okay. Yeah, um, and you got to, and that's the thing. There's an understanding of, like, all right, well, I'm going to help you with this. But if it's a constant expectation, that's where it becomes. So I think as creatives, and yes, our community, does it? this is not our, our rogue artist community. They're, like, on it, and they're doing this stuff. You and I would not have any time to ourselves if it wasn't the case. 
Right. And that's that's the thing. Being self-reliant, but being open to having somebody help you. Most right? definitely. If you're running out of time, it might mean that it's time to allow... Help. Help. Most definitely. I love, uh, I love what you say, Kathleen, here. Something has you worn down... Tell the stick man to F off. Definitely. Exactly. That's that's where I'm at when it comes to uh, the insecurity route that the stick man might take. Valerie said, I'm so grateful for the help I've received from others as an artist, and I'm definitely sharing it forward. Yeah. yeah. And that's I think that's a really healthy ecosystem, and most people that I've met operate that way, and that makes us a really powerful community. Yep. Kathleen said, I have family members like that. All you can do is give them the materials and keep an eye on them they can move when they choose to. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a good way to look at that it that is Kathleen. a good way to look at it yeah um and before we wrap up i just want to talk about one final reason that you might be feeling like i give up and that is you are emotionally unwell okay which is a big one and, and that usually leads to physically unwell um man there's so many yep. times that like creatives reach out to us and like life has taken a crap on them and they're emotionally unwell and they're beating themselves up because they're not doing what they should be doing. And I'm saying that with quotation marks for those of you listening to audio only. Um, and that's when you are emotionally unwell and you do emotional creative work, like I seriously wish like that I could just reach out and hug every one of you and hold you and tell you it's going to be okay because when you're emotionally unwell you're not expected to operate as though you are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's not going to help you to beat yourself up for wanting to hit pause. Yep. And it's not the same as giving up, hitting pause. It's not the same. But if you don't allow yourself to hit pause, you are going to want to give up. You, Yeah, because you're going to compound everything on your shoulders. And you're basically going to carry the burden of the world on your shoulders and constantly tell yourself that you're not good enough in this area. Oh, well, if you were really an artist, you'd be doing this. Oh, if you were really a good person, you would be willing to do this. Oh, you wouldn't tell this person no. Um, for us, I know that we step back. And during the time that we step back and we were getting ourselves organized and doing a reset and all that stuff, we needed that time to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, because emotionally the hurdles were just too many. Th there, there were too many things to juggle. And during that time you get tested, somebody does come out of the woodwork and says, hey, we need you to help us with blah, 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 or this needs to happen. And at that moment, you have a choice to tell yourself, you know what? It's okay that I'm taking a step back. It's okay that I'm taking this time off. It's okay that I'm taking this time to... Um, repair my emotional state or whatever it is that I'm that I'm working on it's okay and it's very important because if not if you don't do that for yourself then it just compounds you just add more to it and what ends up happening is you distract yourself from taking that time out for you then by doing something else that you're just adding more right. on your plate. And you think you're going to push through it. And uh, so many of us um, fall into coping mechanisms then, right? Toxic productivity, addictions, uh, the list 
could go on and on to try and cope or numb or push through or whatever. It's very important to take care of your mental health and your emotional well-being. And anyone in your life that would tell you that that's secondary or not important. Or Or that that's selfish because people will tell you that that's Um, selfish. They're not your people. Or maybe they're going through some stuff they need to deal with then. But it is very important. It's important to acknowledge it and to not compound it by beating yourself up. That's, That's what's really important. Do not beat yourself up for taking a step back. Yeah. Tish said, absolutely, emotional strain is not only bad for yourself, but for your other relationships that help you get through this thing we call hashtag artist life. Uh, yep. Definitely. Hashtag artist life. That's well, right. Well said, Tish. <laughs> so take care of you. Definitely take care of you. Take care of you. And, you know, not giving up doesn't mean that you don't allow yourself to take breaks. Right. That's that's not what it. It doesn't mean that you stubbornly push forward. Right. Think of the analogy of like, I got to get through this wall and I'm going to just beat my head against it (laughs) to get through this wall. And then you just keep, oh, no, I I can't stop this. I got to just keep going. Right. Because I should never give up. And it's like, no, 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 no. Take a step back, reevaluate and figure out if there's a better way to do this that doesn't cause you overwhelm and stress and if somebody else is behind you saying like why did you stop beating your head against the wall what how are we supposed to get through that wall you tell them you need to back off i'm figuring this out you know mm-hmm. and and that's okay it's okay to do it mm-hmm. valerie said so true yeah tempest said that is so true our mental and emotional health matters just as much as the physical Highly recommend NAMI meetings, N-A-M-A meetings to find support from folks that get it. Some chapters even have groups for artists. Oh, Thank you, Tempest. Cool. Thank you, Tempest, for, sharing, for that. sharing that. Kathleen said, learn to rest, not to give up. Yep, and exactly. sometimes, and I say this, I say this a lot. Me and Rafi both say, I quit, right? When, yep. when, when the overwhelm <laughs> sets in and you're like, I'm there. Just announce, I quit. There was a point where we were rewriting, uh, doing all the edits and stuff to the book, and every day going through the book and stuff like that. And I believe every single day of that process that took us a, a month, every day of that month, I basically proclaimed, I quit. I quit. I'm done. I quit. And I'd walk away, let myself fume a little bit. And then at that moment, it's like, okay, I quit. I quit for now. I'm, I'm- good. I'll I'm going to, I'm going to step back from this. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I always kind of know I'm joking when I announce that I quit, but there's also a modicum of like, I might not be joking. I might be ready for something else. Yeah. So it's this weird area where it's like, you are kind of jokingly announcing that you quit to give yourself a break and a laugh, but you're also giving yourself permission if something is not for you anymore to walk away to to at least evaluate yeah. whether you want to walk away clover said emotional injuries will turn to physical take care yes mm-hmm. yes that that is something that i know very very well shroy said the obstacle in the path becomes the path never forget within every obstacle is an opportunity to improve our condition absolutely shroy that's great absolutely every single obstacle is an opportunity for you to show yourself who you are, mm-hmm. right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed, right? Can you show yourself, you know what? I could stop. I could breathe. I could 
evaluate. I can walk away from this thing that maybe is not so healthy. I can change my habits. You know, and I think that that's the biggest thing. We we all have these identifiers that we're like, well, I'm just like this. And that, this is who I am. And it, the reality of it is that we are someone different every single day with every single experience that we have. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good one or a bad one, um, that experience can help us grow past whatever the obstacles are. Most so, definitely. So I love that, Shroy. Thank you for sharing that. Tish said it's not a pause, a break, or giving up. It's a plot twist. <laughs> plot twist. I <laughs> love it. That's a fun one to announce, too. <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> yes, I love it. Jenny said, yeah, most people who dismiss other people's mental health are probably suffering even more and are more scared than anything else. Oh, absolutely. Fully agree, Absolutely. Jenny. Well, you guys, this was awesome. This yeah. was a, a great, I knew this was going to be a really good uh, podcast because, I mean, this is this is the crux of it, right? It's the, it's the giving up part and understanding what giving up means, you know, right. like just because you take a step back for several months, for a year, for a week, for a month, for whatever time period it is, it doesn't mean that you're giving up no matter what you could have a failure happen or suffer a thing and say, you know what, I'm going to take the next month off or next year off. Mm -hmm. And that's not giving up. That's just a work in progress. It's all part of the process. It's like whenever I'm running into an issue with the painting, there are times where I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm done for the day. Plot twist. Plot twist. And then, (laughs) you know, and then I come back to it and then something is there because we're constantly finding solutions when we're not, thinking in in the problem in the problem right so it's like the irony is that when you do run into a problem that makes you want to give up the best thing you could do is walk away (laughs) pretty much so essentially the best thing you could do is give up temporarily and then come back to it because it's it's actually less about what you do and it giving up is actually an emotional state too yes so are you coming from a place of like plot twist or are you in a place of despair? Yeah. Cause true giving up is despair. It's resignation. Yes. It's resignation, hopelessness. hopelessness. And that is so, um, unhealthy for yeah. the human spirit, you yeah. know, and it's understandable. It's a thing that comes up, but I will tell you right now. And before we end this podcast, the thing that I do, right. Whenever I go into that place of despair, the thing that takes me out of it is empowered anger, right? Where I will say, you know what? I get to choose how I'm going to approach this. If I want to sit down and stop and not think about anything and not figure this thing out, then I get to do that. It doesn't matter what anybody else is telling me I should feel or how I should act or what I should do or any of that stuff. I get to choose in this moment to just step back. It doesn't mean anything. It means whatever I decide it's going to mean. And essentially I, I face my anger at the despair and at that stuff. Now, sometimes it takes a moment to get there, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's one of those things where like none of that, none of, none of those emotions that pull you down into that place are, are healthy, nor do they involve growth. Um, but sometimes they're necessary in order for you to show yourself who you are and how to pull yourself out of those places. But yeah, giving up, giving up is, is being in a place where you've resigned yourself 
And there's no point to it because we're constantly growing. And there's constantly a plot twist in our story. Most definitely. Tish, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Clover said, I quit four times for years, yet here I am. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I quit stuff all the time. I love how quit. Live to spite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for being here um, and taking part in this awesome podcast. Yeah. And for everybody listening at home, thank you guys so much for listening to us uh, ramble and chat about never giving up. And by the way, if you like this podcast, go ahead and click wherever it is that you are, whatever platform you're on, um, to subscribe. And that way you could keep up with us on our weekly podcast. And that, I guess that's it. Let's say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I quit. Yeah. For now. I quit. Never give up. <laughs> Never surrender. Adios. Good day. 